This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order, order. Hello and welcome to Reporters Without Orders, a podcast where we talk about what made news, what didn't and some things that absolutely shouldn't have. I'm your host Snigdha and joining me today are two News Laundry reporters, Nidhi and Akanksha. Hello, both of you. Hi, Snigdha. It's been a grueling week for both of you, right? Yeah, it's been quite hectic for sure. Yeah. So, uh, listeners, this entire episode of Reporters Without Orders deals with a very sensitive topic and you might hear descriptions of violence. So, please consider this a trigger warning. And also in view of what we're going to discuss today, we are skipping the bizarre news section. So, please bear with us. And before we begin, I want to tell all our new listeners about News Laundry. We are a 100% ad-free news platform and we need your support to stay afloat. So please do subscribe to us and pay to keep news free. You can go to our website, newslaundry.com and click on the subscribe button on the top right corner of the website. Thank you in advance. So uh, listeners, Nidhi and Akanksha, both, uh, they visited Hathras in Uttar Pradesh about a week ago uh, when the gruesome case of four Thakur men raping a 19-year-old Dalit girl came to light. She was strangulated. She suffered from injuries on her spine that led to paralysis. She couldn't breathe properly. And the strangulation also caused her to bite off her own tongue. Now, in their ground report that was cited by many mainstream journalists while reporting on Hatras, Nidhi and Akanksha brought us details about what happened. Their report is titled, Help Us Get Justice, Please. Dalit Girl Assaulted in UP's Hatras Succumbs. You'll find the report on newslaundry.com. I urge you to go and read the report in case you haven't. It is on our website. So uh, Nidhi and Akanksha, they met the girls' families, the families of the accused and the local authorities. And uh, now, as we all know, the victim uh, died while undergoing treatment in Delhi's Sabdarjung Hospital. Uh, But what happened after that was straight out of a dystopian novel. Uh, Like, you know, what happened to her wasn't bad enough. Her body was forcefully burnt by the Hathras police uh, because the victim's family were refusing to carry out the last rites in the middle of the night, uh, which is when the body had arrived to Hathras from Delhi, right? So uh, thankfully, there were some reporters who were present there. There was an India Today reporter who posted a video and, you know, in her video, you could see uh, a pyre burning in the background, uh, no family members present and uh, the reporters questioning the police officer and he just refuses, he just plain refuses to say anything. Another video was of the mother, you know, pleading with the police officers, you know, asking them to let them take uh, her home one last time. Now, all of this happened in the middle of the night around between uh, 2 to 4 a.m., am I right? Yeah, yeah. Between- Around 12, I think the body reached uh, the village. Right. So, you know, uh, I mean, you could see the police officers in the video for, I mean, kind of uh, pressing the family to carry out the last rites, uh, which is very bizarre. You know, they were talking about Riti Rivas, because it was night at night. Nobody does, you know, last funerals are not carried out in the middle of the night. Uh, so the very next morning, Nidhi and Akanksha, uh, they rushed back to Hatras to bring you the latest updates. Now, I want both of you to answer this. Um, you went there like a, about a week ago and then you went there again yesterday. What What was the major difference that hit you between these two visits? Nidhi, you want to go first? 
yeah, I think the difference was almost uh, quite stark because when we arrived in Madras at that time, the report was still a small article in Indian Express, and we were on our way back from another from covering some other stories. And uh, we reached Hathras and there was nobody. So we arrived at the Aligarh hospital where she was first admitted. And there was absolutely nobody. The hospital itself was quite deserted. We had to sort of ask people which way is the ICU. And then we went there, we walked in and I called the brother who, whose number I had got. And he was just standing there. And it was really heartbreaking to see that, you know, he sort of folded his hands with his father and said, you know, we just want some media attention. Uh, the family themselves had tweeted out a couple of times asking for media attention. They had tagged ABP News and Republic and a few other channels. And uh, the tweet had not got any traction. Nobody was there. But yesterday, of course, when we went back, just two kilometers before the house, uh, the police had barricaded the entire place. There was Congress and Samajwadi people uh, protesting at the front. So journalists and relatives had all, all had to walk about two kilometers to reach the house itself while police vehicles were just whizzing past us. And the media, the house also was completely flooded by media personnel. And I mean, sure, Akansha can also elaborate on this about how this was a house in mourning. And there was so much disrespect, including from our own fraternity and, and media uh, personnel just speaking so loudly, littering the place, climbing onto the roof. And the mother had lost her voice and she had no energy left to say. And, you know, when we got, uh, I mean, sat down with her for a moment when she was resting because she recognized us from the time we had come before. And we, we were just talking to her and she said, you know, it's the same thing over and over, over again. Uh, how many times do you meet someone relive a tragedy? And, and something that I think when I was talking to Manisha, she said so aptly, firstly, you're outraged that, uh, you know, no, there's no media coverage. And then when they do cover it, you just want them to stop because it's that bad. But that was my observation. Yeah. Akanksha, what about you? So uh, basically, when we met uh, with the victim's family at Aligarh, uh, the family members seemed to be quite disillusioned. There was also a state of helplessness which was palpable because it had been around 10 days or so when she was shifted from the district hospital in Hathras to the Aligarh Medical College. And since like, uh, they were desperate for immediate medical attention, they were also not sure whether she was getting proper medical treatment. Uh, so they had initially reached out to some leaders from the local Valmiki community and the family claims that it was only after the local leadership intervened when uh, the girl was shifted from normal ward to ICU at Aligarh uh, Medical College. And uh, there was still no media coverage. It had, you know, 10 days had passed since the incident happened. And the details of the incident itself were very disturbing just the way it had happened in 2012 Nirbhaya case, where the very fact that, you know, uh, certain inches and centimeters of the victim's intestine were pulled out in, the, in that incident, something that had shocked the entire nation. I think the media didn't really realize the gravity of the incident. She was strangulated mm -hmm. to an extent that she had bitten her own tongue. There was a lot of misinformation and misreporting uh, by the yeah. local media because initial reports suggested that it was the accused who had cut her tongue. And because uh, Nidhi and I, we have been 
you know uh, reporting on such stories uh, and met uh, you know victims related to other cases as well there is a pattern of uh, misreporting by the local media as well because there was a certain delay because the family comes from a village and for them to admit for the girl to you know tell her mother that she has been raped there was a certain time lapse and therefore the local media was playing up as the story of a simple physical assault and not really probing deeper into the rape angle of the incident and uh, there was one video uh, which was recorded by the local media right after the incident in which the mother doesn't really come forth uh, regarding the rape and so the entire uh, their line of conversation was oh initially you didn't talk about rape why are you talking about rape now and we did confirm it with sp hathras uh, who said that the girl said in her statement that she was raped and apart from the main accused ravi she named the other three accused as well uh, which is when the you know section 376d related to gang rape were added to the fir yeah so what you said about misreporting i think uh, because i do daily dose and uh, i lo- uh, i mean you know all the mainstream uh, channels publications whatever you co- want to call them they all have been saying that her tongue was cut off but actually fact is that it, she ended up biting her own tongue right because of the strangulation yeah and also there is something called you know off camera conversation and we had uh, this in depth conversation with the victim's mother and her aunt and where she clearly uh, said that when she found the girl near the bajra field she could see her bleeding from the private parts but because there was some kind of delay before the family could shift her from the district hospital to aligarh uh, medical college and one must also i would really want to point out to our viewers that even after being admitted for almost 2 weeks the medical report of the girl was not made public and uh, uh, this also kind of uh, raises doubts in one's mind because the accused in this particular case were thakurs so it does seem to give an impression that probably the entire administration was trying to give a particular color to this case right right uh yeah we we also discuss this uh, some more but uh, akanksha what were uh, uh, my question uh, was what were the differences that you noticed between yesterday and the last time you visited hatras so like when we had visited two or three days before the victim died uh, like the family was uh, disillusioned with the system they were also hoping that probably some amount of media coverage may actually expedite the process of investigation and may ensure proper medical treatment yesterday for me it was like witnessing you know a peepy live moment at the girls village because you had uh, media people media personnel all over from the door to their uh, you know porch to their roof even when the mother wanted like a moment she, you know she was actually kind of trying to pop in a halls or a strepsil because her voice was gone we could still see reporters you know uh, thrusting the mobile phone for a, a phone still thrusting the mic to her and asking oh but wasn't there a delay on your part and getting that 30 seconds bite on camera that empathy was missing 
and I mean, I do understand as a reporter, you are told by the editor to get the facts of the story, but you know, basic empathy and humility doesn't hurt anyone professionally, you know, uh, and that was absolutely missing. And, you know, we have reached there at around three or three uh, or a little before that. And we're there, I think, till uh, 6 p.m. And within three hours, it was like, you know, the some crows and vultures, they just swarmed onto their house. And within three hours, they had their share of flesh and they were gone. I mean, I'm sorry for using such strong words, but this was this was my like this was the sentiment I had because within three four hours it was again back to the same you know uh, state of haunted silence which we witnessed two three days ago. So the 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 most the major difference or the stark difference that both of you saw since you guys went there before you know mainstream media plunged into it. It was that, I mean, she didn't get any attention when she was alive, but uh, when she died, like you said, the vultures came. Nidhi, since Akanksha just mentioned, you know, the basic lack of empathy, and also because you guys have been reporting on such cases even before this, right? Can you like give out a few basic pointers that all reporters, all journalists should keep in mind while covering such stories? Yeah, I mean, it's really made me think about it and something I've been telling myself, I don't think I'm in a position to preach, but I think something I've been telling myself is to just really keep my sense of outrage intact because it's so easy to get disillusioned, desensitized, the same thing over and over again. But, you know, these are sensitive stories and sensitive stories means sensitive people to be talking about them and sensitive reporters. And if you don't have and if you don't have that sensitivity, then there's no point reporting on it. Because then you're just like some fog in the wheel, just reporting facts and numbers and reducing bodies, right? And something I think is a very basic of reporting on gender and caste or, or such deep-rooted, nuanced issues is that never always, there is no one truth, right? We've been getting a lot of like flack also from people saying that why are you using caste? How is this about caste? You know, it's not... It's not like a one thing. There isn't. It's not. It could be just. It could be she, because she was a girl. It could be because she was Dalit. It could be because she was a Dalit girl. Right? There's so many different. It's like the intersectional aspects to violence that you have to keep in mind. And moreover, I also think that it's also really important to spend some amount of quiet time with a family. It, it's also important to remember that this is a family mourning, and that you're also there as a reporter. It goes it, and things go beyond your job. You're to speak to people and treat them as human beings and 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 it's very simple thing right like so in this village like most villages people don't want to talk about rape because it brings a certain shame to the family you know somebody some other daughter in the family stigmatizes right yeah some maybe you know some other daughter in the family might not be able to get married because this is what this is the name that might fall on them and these are not things you can quantify this is not an effect or consequence you can quantify so when reporters go there, like yesterday, there was an ABP reporter, uh, actually Akansha observed this and told me, she said, you know, this woman just thrust her mic under the ma- mother's uh, mouth and said, but you also didn't uh, report the, the rape thing on time. And you know, this is, how do you do that to someone? And this mother, when we spoke to her earlier and asked her about this, we asked her, you know, when you met her, did you, did you think that she had been raped? She said, yeah, when I saw her, she was naked and bleeding from her vagina. 
but uh, you know i didn't immediately want to even tell my own family members because i thought ghar ka naam barbaad ho jayega this whole thing of honor resting on a woman's body and later when her daughter sort of revived consciousness and she herself told her mother this happened and then she gave her statement to the police the family went all out and spoke about the rape now that it's a, it's like the me too thing right it's like saying after 6 years why you saying you've got molested so there's an argument No, and it's such a yeah. It's such a it's so basic. I mean, you're going to a village for God's sake, right? You have to understand like uh, you know how a society works there, and it's 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 just so it's on your face. It's the first thing that should occur to anybody that uh, a woman, you know, if there's been a case of rape, there will be hesitation. Yeah, and I also think that I mean, to be honest and fair, it's not just uh, villages. Like I, I have a personal experience, and I also know friends where we've, uh, you know, experienced a certain amount of sexual harassment or abuse. And suppose we've come home and told our parents, there have been like family members who've said, "Oh, it's better, you know, don't speak about this too much." So it's a, it's a very normal thing, and I don't understand what it is about reporters. What happens when you know you're on ground and you lose, you sort of stop being human. listeners a little bit about uh, the caste dynamics in up especially in hathras and like you know between thakurs and the valmikis just a little bit of a background yeah so uh, in this particular village in hathras there are four valmiki families and there are more than 100 thakur families uh, and then there are a few families from the brahmin community and other uh, scheduled castes the valmiki community also comes under uh, scheduled caste only and uh, by nature they have been associated with the task of cleaning this particular family they uh, have uh, like they like the girl's father is a daily wage laborer they have a very small land holding and they have two or three buffalo so uh, then they sell milk and that is how they kind of are able to sustain themselves thakurs are of course a dominant caste uh, so uh, obviously when we were talking to the uh, girl's brother and cousins they kind of shared with us the systemic discrimination that they have kind of faced and have grown up watching so for example if they go to the schools the government schools the kids from the valmiki family and the thakurs cannot sit together they practice untouchability uh so i think uh, uh, there was uh, one person who told nidhi that even if by you know mistake we just touch a packet of biscuit or something we cannot return it back uh, even the shopkeeper who is from the thakur community if he is returning change then the money will be given into the person from valmiki community into his hand from a distance uh, so this is the kind of you know discrimination that they face on a daily basis how that kind of affects uh, their lives is that you know there there is just a drain between the uh, you know valmikis and the thakurs and uh, the family of the girl alleges that the thakurs would often just throw cow dung into the drain forcing them to clean it because that is that was their traditional job 
and apparently this was also like a one of the causes of dispute between the two families after the incident uh, like you know since the valmikis are fewer in numbers and you know way lower in the caste hierarchy there is a sense of fear uh, they do fear that you know the thakurs may retaliate now that the four accused from their community are behind bars also they have all uh, you know kind of taken it for granted and they are not even in a position to raise voice against the discrimination because we spoke to another balmiki family and she did confirm that yes my kids would sit separately in the government school but she was also like ki you know saath mein to nahi baith sakte hai na to hum alag alag hi baith jate hain and the thakur there was another thakur guy whom we spoke to and uh, when we asked him specifically ki you know aap kya inke ghar shaadi vyah mein jate hain he said nahi hum nahi jate and so my counter question was do they come to your attend your weddings uh, and uh, you know at family functions his response was ha aate safai karne aate so there is no social mingling between the two communities between two castes who literally live cheek by jowl and there is no sort of evident animosity but this particular incident has kind of exposed that caste fault line in the village also i mean uh, since we're talking about uh, how thakurs dominate uh, uh, the area uh, since you guys also met uh, the local police right do they do uh, do they also are there a lot of thakur policemen yeah i mean uh, there were about 20 pac personnel outside uh, the house so we were just having a casual conversation with them and asking about you know whether there are any valmikis amongst them and they said no no there's no valmikis amongst us and we don't have a statistic yet and maybe it might not be fair to make a complete set in stone statement but the sense that we got was that the police community is also dominated by thakurs and uh, by upper caste people so yeah but i don't know if we are the right people to completely comment on this right right but uh, based on what uh, i mean conversation casual conversation you had with the police this is what we know right yeah. there yeah. are a lot of thakurs do you think uh, that had something to do with the way the victim's body was forcefully burnt that night by the police i don't know if it was that or the i mean the police were panicking you know basically after we left after that day and uh, we put out a couple of tweets that also were shared quite a lot we got added into we were added after we met the police into their media cell which we requested we asked them can you add us into your whatsapp media cell so we get updates whatever the police is updating and we started seeing that you know suddenly they were st- putting out clarifications they were responding to our tweet saying you know this this person has been arrested we are taking quick action it's going to go into a fast track court so there was a sense of panic and then within a day i think it blew up and uh, all of media delhi media was at some special hospital so there was a, i don't really know if it was the thakur presence in the police or just the fact that they needed to cover this up because at no point were they still confirming whether she had been raped or even denied which is what was creating a sense of panic for the family as well and they and the family uh, this was an important uh, thing that the family said that one of the family members said you know they wanted to do another post mortem and but before that the body was burnt so akanksha in your report you and nidhi wrote about how one of the victims uh, brothers had said that you know it's like a normal day to day thing how uh, thakur men uh, harass dalits uh, right i mean not thakur men but thakur in gen- thakurs in general harass dalits right 
you also mentioned uh, the grandfather, the victim's grandfather, if I'm not wrong. Uh, there was an incident, right? Can you can you tell us a little more about that? Nidhi, would you want to uh, respond to this question? Yeah, so the family told us that uh, enmity between them is not very new. And previously also they've had um, one of their grandfathers, that is the victim's grandfather. Uh, he was out in the field and the Thakur boys, including one of the accused in this case, came into the field to graze their animals and their grandfather said that... Um, no, we don't want you to graze here because the uh, uh, crops will get spoiled. And out of anger, they sort of attacked him with a sharp weapon, with some kind of knife, which they kind of were aiming at his neck. And in order to protect his neck, he lifted his hand. And in that process, three of his finger, uh, some of his fingers got cut off. And uh, this, I mean, so basically the Thakur boys were humiliated, you know, that how could uh, someone from a Valmiki community deny entry to us into a field? And that's the sort of anger that they'd held on to for a long time. And if you, if you, if you see the terrain, basically there's the, there's uh, the victim's house, there's a drain, and then it's the Thakur's house right next to that house. And right now there are about 20 PAC personnel literally standing in between the two houses. It's quite a scene, you know, when you walk in because it looks like, uh, it's like a standoff, you know. We don't know what happens when these personnel leave. Like it's almost like they're just standing there to keep the families apart. And this incident, uh, for this incident, one of the person who's accused in this case, Ravi, had previously been to jail. And also, yeah, he'd been to jail and he'd come out on bail. And then this incident happened. And even with uh, this victim, with the Hathras girl, uh, she has been threatened by them previously as well, which she didn't tell her family and which is something her mother really, really sort of wishes that she had. And she kept crying and saying, why didn't my daughter just tell me that they had done this? How did you find out? We asked the mother that, uh, you know, uh, did she have, was she threatened before? And her mother said, uh, yes, but I didn't know until the incident had happened and she was in the hospital bed in Aligarh. And then she confessed to her family that the same four men had previously also threatened me. But, and they threatened that they would kill her family members and shoot them. And she was just worried that, uh, you know, something would happen. So she almost had, for the last six months, stopped going out. And she would make up excuses and the family was finding it strange. But they then thought that maybe she's, you know, she just doesn't want to go out and she doesn't want to see people. So she wants to do housework. They dismissed it that way. But today her mother really, really uh, is upset that, you know, why did my daughter not tell me? Because it could probably have saved her life or something could have been done, you know, they could have kept an eye out for her. But yeah, so that tension has always been there. Uh, between the family. I just would want to add one thing that the main accused, Ravi, uh, was also like one of the accused in the 2001 incident in which they had actually chopped the victim's grandfather's fingers. Uh, they had tried to attack him with a knife or something and when he had tried to sort of shield himself with his hand, his fingers were cut in, in that uh, incident. So this means this Ravi is not like a boy. He's like a grown-up, a uh, middle-aged man. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Also, if I can add, uh, we had a conversation with an old uh, Thakur person from the village. He's around 75. And initially, actually, our, uh, our driver, Satish Ji, who was with us, had a conversation with him and then said, you know, you should speak to him as well uh, because he has something to say. And when we spoke to him, He's an old person who's lived in the village all his life. And he 
when we asked him i think uh, akansha asked him you know do you share any sympathies with these men who've been arrested since they're from the same community he said i have absolutely no sympathies for these men and uh, you know he also when i was sitting with him and talking he said all these men should be made to stand and we should just shoot them in public because that's the badnam sort of like bad name they've brought to our community and this ravi person has a history of violence you know there he this old man narrated an incident where he's entered the another house and you know misbehaved with another woman the police also told us that uh, these men had a history of uh, consuming a lot of alcohol i mean not that if you just consume alcohol that sort of corroborates the incident but yeah it sort of adds to the facts of what i think but i don't want to make it sound like it you know, just because no, he no, had that it, it's understood yeah So yeah, there are lots of people. There is talk about Ravi's history in the village. Right, right. So, uh, you also spoke to the families of these accused men, right? And uh, what did they have to say? I mean, uh, uh, I saw in one of the videos that you that went with your ground report. Uh, this woman, I don't know whose mother she is, but she's crying and she's saying that "mera beta nirdosh hai." Can you tell us a little more about your interaction with uh, the families of the accused? So all the accused, they are from one Thakur family, uh, and they are like some uh, seven, eight uh, brothers uh, who kind of live under one roof. They all own like they like biological brothers or cousins or what? Yes, yes, they are all related to each other and. Uh, this the the video uh, features uh, lovkush mother uh, who is one of the accused and they all claim that you know their son or that person was not there at the time of incident uh, either he was at home or he had gone for work but their version is that uh, ravi the main accused may have been involved in the incident but it was at the behest of local bjp mla who also be- belongs to scheduled caste that the other three names were added so uh, like lovkush mother basically told us that uh, uh, she heard the uh, you know girl's mother you know asking for help and informing everyone that her daughter has gone missing so they also rushed to the bajra field and uh, there when you know by that time i think the mother had uh, spotted the girl's body and uh, she apparently asked you know someone to get water uh, lovkush's mother claimed that uh, it was her son who had actually got uh, water uh, for the victim and uh, he is uh, he actually uh, like wasn't uh, there at a time when the incident happened the mother on the other hand like the victim's mother claims that like she had asked for water from some kids who were playing around so there is basically uh, different versions that the victim side and that are coming from the victim side and from the accused side right right also i mean i think it was one of the uh, family members a woman of the accused who um, who was actually sort of uh, kind of blaming the mother but basically uh, lovkush mother questioned uh, the victim's uh, mother's version uh, because uh, initially she saying that she asked for help and then how is it possible uh, that you know within like minutes she was able to reach the exact spot uh, where her daughter was dragged 
which doesn't really hold ground because uh, the mother clearly knew where she had left the daughter and had asked her to collect the grass while she was cutting the grass 100 meters away from the same spot and she found the daughter after following the marks of being dragged because her chappals were left where she was cutting the grass and uh, she had just followed those marks of being dragged and then that's how she found uh, her daughter so uh, i mean the claims of the uh, from the family of the accused they don't really hold ground as far as uh, the mother's version is uh, concerned for the another accused i think it was ramu uh, whose brother claims that uh, you know he actually works at a local milk chiller plant uh, so he was uh, he had just come back home he was at home because there are 3 hours of shift that he has to clock in the morning and another 2 3 hours in the evening now there was no way to cross check this version because they all are family members they are related to each other so like apart from them there is no eye witness who can actually tell us whether this person was at home or whether he was near the bajra field or not the victim's mother on the contrary told us that right at the spot where she was dragged and strangulated and raped uh, there is the people tree from which uh, you know there is a swing and these guys were actually would use it for some kind of exercise or pull ups and they would they were keeping an eye on her that day or uh, at least two uh, or three of them were near the spot keeping an eye on the girl's movements right Okay uh also now coming to the medical reports first of all why was there such a delay is the rape even confirmed now what does the post mortem say uh, what do we know so so far uh, she was admitted on 14 and she was kept in a normal ward for 6 days until there was some amount of political pressure which led uh, a legal hospital to shift her to an icu um and eventually they were shifted to safarjam hospital a day before she passed away and throughout this time the only thing that the doctors kept saying was she has a spinal cord injury which has led to paralysis and shortness of breath nothing else was confirmed by the hospital we repeatedly asked uh, officials at the hospital as well as police why is that that after 2 weeks you're still not able to say whether you know there were at least injuries to her private parts i mean it could be that forensics takes a while and that is also something he said about how there's so much case load in up that forensics department easily takes like 6 months to send back a report and this was also told to us when we covered other rape incidents where uh, a lawyer said that you know like forensics takes like 6 months to come back and then uh, so it almost has nothing to do with the case till it comes back and that is a very crucial aspect because apart from that everything else is circumstantial evidence and uh, so that was one thing at the family at no you know at no point was there any doctor really talking to the family explaining what has happened and now an autopsy a postmortem report has returned and uh, it says the same thing about spinal cord injury uh, we just received it about 15 20 minutes back so we have to go through it in detail to see what exactly it says but the on on the first glance it says that uh, there was rape and uh, spinal cord and strangulation that was reported at least that's what's mentioned as the brief history and in terms of their findings they've spoken about the spinal cord injuries uh, so we still have to wait from an wait for an official statement from the hospital either safarjung or aligarh to really confirm or deny this the allegation of rape 
nevertheless it's just bizarre that uh, even after so much time you know you can't say you cannot you cannot tell us or make an official statement or speak to the family about whether there has been injuries to private parts or not and that's i mean it's a matter of one simple scan which can tell you whether there's marks or not also uh, you guys uh, i remember yesterday when you guys reached uh, you said there there were local protests right in hadras and uh, now how did the police respond to that uh, the police right now is uh, quite wary of any politician interacting with the family uh, because uh, uh, they really don't want any kind of political controversy around the incident even though our reportage suggests that there have been some loopholes as far as the investigation and the follow up of the case is uh, concerned so like the very road leading uh, to her house was blocked it was barricaded there was a heavy uh, presence of police personnel even the dm was there and so there were these uh, congress workers who had uh, who wanted to meet the family they were stopped from uh, you know entering that road from you know from uh, taking that road to her village so some of them i think uh, they kind of split into groups and in tour and in like a bunch of two or three they were taking a detour and from some through some field uh or some other route they were trying to uh you know make way for themselves and were trying to enter the house i think uh, so some of the videos on social media suggest that party workers uh, from samajwadi uh, party and i think some local politicians they have been lathi charged as well for try for trying to you know protest against the incident so uh, there is like a concerted effort to you know black out the political noise uh, around the incident also uh, another question is does the victim's family have what kind of support do they have currently i mean uh, financially financially well, is there any support from the community uh, or the local authorities that's what uh, that's what i mean so financially uh, the government they say have been, have compensated them with about 4 lakh rupees the victim's family when we spoke to the brother yesterday he said it might have come he's also he didn't say we have received it he said we were told that we will receive 4 lakh rupees of compensation and the sp there confirmed to us that it's been transferred and the family should receive it in a few days but community wise you know they told us that not a single brahmin or a thakur in the area has come to visit the family offer condolences nothing they only had people from their own valmiki community which so in that village like akansha said there's four houses and champa as a region has number of villages under it and so there were different uh, and in which i think according to an express report so altogether under champa uh, area jurisdiction there should be about 15 to 20 valmiki families and they were sort of when we were walking to the house uh, from the police barricade to the house there were people from the valmiki community we met who had come to offer condolences i think they had relatives from delhi and agra also visiting them but there's a, there's a lot of fear you know the, the so something that we heard some of the family members say is that right now we have police protection there's media there is our family members who have come but what happens after they all leave uh, you know what happens are we still safe how are the thakurs going to react and through here say they've been something that i noticed which was very interesting uh, through this whole reportage and akanshan i were talking about is how children in the villages often uh, become informants 
you know so whenever we were going to like speak to one family so we were speaking to victim's family somehow there'd be like one child from um, the accused family sort of overlooking what we are speaking and then when we went to the accused family you know they would send their Uh, little young boys and girls to kind of keep an eye on us and see what we're talking so uh, like in the same way like the victim family was saying that one of the children was saying that they heard that uh, the uh, the thakurs are saying that we are four of us you can hang uh, you can hang these four men and punish them but we are 60 of us how many of us are you going to punish you know so like he, they were like kitne ko marenge hum to bade log hai that kind of thing and uh, that sort of fear is is very uh, is very much present so i don't know in terms of support and in these incidents in in the space that they come from i don't even know if we can have a conversation about mental health because that's just well i mean it seems like you have to be fine you have to be able to financially afford mental health you know and economically afford mental health so yeah now uh, after the whole incident uh, mid- uh, at midnight where they forcefully burned her body uh, the next day the next morning we uh, saw how hurriedly uh, the up government and the chief minister uh, yogi adityanath announced this sit team and uh, he said that uh, the case is going to be in a fast track court and the sit team has like a week to submit its report also let's just uh, let's just call him ajay bisht because like let yeah, actually actually yeah no no <laughs> even i'm trying to make really a practice to do that yeah 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 that makes sense actually <laughs> yeah so the chief minister ajay bisht hurriedly announced an sit probe uh, which is uh, supposed to the team is supposed to submit its result in the next uh, one week and uh, and then it is so strange you know uh, nidhi that uh, Yeah, while doing the daily dose i was looking for like has the prime minister said anything about this obviously he has not said a word the same man who is so active on social media all the time you know uh, <laughs> wishing people on their birthday like expressing grief when somebody dies like you know it's so normal but there was not a single word but chief minister ajay bisht had actually said that you know the prime minister has expressed his concern and he wants this matter to be you know now uh, looked into and all of that so <laughs> it it was quite bizarre to me yeah but it's come really late no i mean it's uh, come what after after she's uh, passed away uh, ajay bish's government finally said that they'll constitute an sit and it's going to move into fast track court towards the point in the same in the same line of thought in lakimpur kheri there was an incident of a 18 year old girl getting raped by a muslim man and that he immediately made an announcement and you know it turned into this love jihad thing so yeah so obvious selective outrage yes absolutely uh now uh, you know uh, swati maliwal who's the chairperson of the delhi commission of women and uh, some other people have also asked uh, the supreme court uh, judges to take so much cognizance of uh, the incident do you think that's going to happen i mean is there any development on that front uh no so uh, i think dcw uh, chief swati maliwal uh, is also like uh, very vocal Uh, about uh, you know crimes against women and uh, she has also fasted last year demanding that de- death uh, penalty be given to all child rapists uh, so this is just a letter which has uh, gone out officially from the delhi commission uh, for women uh, there hasn't been any response as such from the judiciary to this letter 
and like there have like no court has taken Suomoto cognizance of the incident uh, yet. So I mean, uh, it is yet to be seen uh, if uh, you know there will be any judicial response to the letter. So uh, my last question to both of you is: you know the nitty gritties of the case and. Um, also, I mean, I do want to tell our listeners that uh, Nidhiana Kangsha were in Uttar Pradesh to, uh, they had actually gone to Lakhimpur Kheri, where uh, there have been multiple cases of rape and murder. Uh, and they were actually covering, covering that when uh, the Hathras incident came to light. Now, since you've uh, seen all of these cases, I just want to ask you, if you see like a certain pattern in these crimes against uh, Dalits, yeah, I mean, in fact, that's the larger report that we're also working on using Lakimpur Kheri as a as a case study. So I don't want to give away too much about the report, but some of the things that we have, which I can sort of brush across is, I mean, the, all these arrests were made in a very rushed manner. Families were not given uh, proper documents. Some of them had to run around even to just get a post-mortem report uh, in their hands. And we were repeatedly told how uh, the forensics department is overworked and overloaded in such a way that, you know, they don't even get back uh, samples quickly. Samples get sent late. So these are some of the things. And apart from that, we also constantly heard about, you know, lack of education, illiteracy, aware, lack of sexual awareness. And uh, that's all I want to divulge for the rest. Subscribe to News Laundry, pay to keep news free and listen to our story and read our report. All right. I think that brings us to the end of the conversation. Thank you so much, both of you, for doing this report. And I actually wanted to talk about uh, a little bit, but I think we're running out of time about how uh, your personal experience as reporters covering stories like this, but maybe some other time. Yeah. So um, we shall finish off with some recommendations. Okay, I'm going to sound very vain and say, please read our report from News Laundry, simply because of the access that we were able to get at that moment and just uh, to share a moment with the family. And I think we were able to capture it and I hope we were able to capture it. And thanks to uh, subscribers uh, and our readers who've supported us in these reports. I'm going to this one time uh, recommend our own report. And this also is a consequence of me unable to read or watch anything else this week. There's, I don't think there's anything vain about that, Nidhi. Yeah. And Akansha? So I have been reading this uh, book, What I Know Now by Ellen Spragans. It's a collection of letters by women who have been successful in their respective uh, area. So they basically have written a letter to their younger self when they were 20 year olds. So now that they have made it uh, big on the professional front, what is it that they would like to tell their younger self uh, when they were trying to uh, sort of climb up the ladder? Uh, so in case uh, anyone is, needs that uh, you know, dose of motivation, uh, then they may want to pick up this book, What I Know Now. Thank you so much, Akanksha. All right. So my recommendation, of course, is the ground report that Nidhi and Akanksha have done. Please, please, please read it right away as soon as you're done listening to this episode. And uh, the other recommendation is a poem by Meena Kandasamy. It is called Rape Nation. And uh, she basically talks about how this is not the first time uh, such an incident has happened and also not the last time that it is going to happen. And uh, yeah, please do read it. All right, listeners, uh, that brings us to the end. 
And if you liked what you heard, please do rate our podcast on iTunes or whatever platform you're tuned into. We also have a bunch of other podcasts like Hafta and Offlan Awesome. Better the rating, more the reach, and that means more subscribers, and that in turn means better content. अगर आपको ये podcast पसंद आया है तो News Laundry subscribe करें और अपने दोस्तों और रिश्तेदारों को भी बोलें कि जो channel आपको हर रात परपंच परोस रहे हैं उनसे हट कर न्यूज लॉन्ड्री को सब्सक्राइब करें यहाँ पर न सिर्फ आपको ग्राउंड रिपोर्ट्स बल्कि पॉडकास्ट इंटरव्यूज और कुछ सटायर शोज भी देखने को मिलेंगे जिससे आपकी जानकारी भी बढ़ेगी और मनोरंजन भी होगा सो प्लीज सब्सक्राइब टू न्यूज लॉन्ड्री Also, listeners, please do write to us uh, because we are very eager to hear your feedback. We want to make this podcast better, so you can write to us at contact at newslaundry dot com with your suggestions and criticisms. Just make sure that you write reporters without orders in the subject line. You can also leave your comments on Twitter or our Instagram handle or Facebook. And with that, this podcast is adjourned. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.